Welcome everyone to Popcorn for Breakfast, the multiverse. You are tuning in, that's right, tuning in to Spilled Popcorn. Little reference back to the, anywhere from the 90s to the his start of time. That's what we're here doing today. We're going to be spilling the latest and greatest on the newest streaming content. And there's a lot to stream out there. So thank you for choosing us, Spilled Popcorn slash Popcorn for Breakfast. I'm here. As always, with Variant 1993, Cam Wig, say hello. What's up? <laughs> I'm, so I'm the, I'm the I'm 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 a variant now. You're the variant, right? Because this is our multiverse uh, podcast to our regular lead parent podcast, if you will. Spilled popcorn versus popcorn for breakfast. Yeah, I wish I could tap into those other versions of me see if there's some different choices i want to make with my life or if this is really the best outcome um yeah you could think about what your nexus events would be like would it be um eating a sandwich somewhere at school versus eating uh what were those things called bosco sticks at the snack bar right yeah in high school or would it be starting a podcast or not where would we where would you be where would we be i don't know it's it's a good question but bosco sticks are delicious they are that's a fact they are they, they probably are. have you know, zero nutritional value whatsoever but they are so good and they were my lunch of choice for like years it's just wheat um uh, cheese and uh, uh marinara sauce well and the bread <laughs> itself is questionable i would say it's like is this really bread what is this exactly but it's still like delicious. subway bread like just made of sugar straight up sugar <laughs> yeah <laughs> But I, I am your other variant co-host, 1989, Kirk Doolin. We are here to discuss episode three of What If from what the Marvel if? Cinematic Universe. Oh, do that again. Do that again. What if? What if? Yeah, like um, like the old Werenberg Theaters uh, whisper. Werenberg. Werenberg. What if? I love how what everybody, uh, for those of you who are not, have not had the the pleasure to visit the Warenberg theater back in its heyday. I love how everybody in the crowd whispered it. That was electric. That was, that was always the highlight of, of my trip to the Warenberg theater. Plus that theme song was a banger. Oh, the best. It was the best. The best. It was always great to hear someone who lingered on at the end of it, like maybe like 30 seconds in, all of a sudden you see you see Columbia Pictures and the stars are, are coming around and then someone just randomly goes, Werenberg. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Werenberg. <laughs> and then their like spouse hits them like, stop it, the movie's starting. Yeah. All fantastic things. I hope you have had the honor of doing this if you visited the Midwest, because I don't think they were anywhere no, else. No, they're just in this area. Just in this area. <laughs> So we're talking about what if episode three, what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? When I watched this episode, I then thought immediately existentially, uh, you know, we don't have these uh, or that we know of these super powered superheroes. What if we lost our police, our doctors, our firefighters? Where would we be at then, Cam? Well, if we lost our doctors, um, We'd all be very dead. <laughs> so that would yeah. not be good. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the one that really worries me. Maybe just because mm-hmm. we're in the midst of a pandemic, that that is a cons- that is of a great concern. Um, also, if we lost, let's think of some of our great heroes. I think Betty White, you know, like what if we didn't oh. have Betty White? What if we didn't have uh, Keanu Reeves? The, those, are, those are the things that came to my mind. I was th- thinking of... Are our real heroes, 
You know, first responders, sure. You went to the logical place, Kirk, but I went to <laughs> Keanu Reeves, Betty White, um, you know, Tom Cruise, uh-huh. Alex Trebek. You know, what if we, what if there was a world like, obviously, we no longer have Gosh. Alex Trebek, but like, what if he had never been around? It just, Jeff it's, Probst. yeah, you hate to, you, you don't, you, you don't want to think about it. It makes me shudder just thinking about it for sure. Oh my gosh, dude, this, this whole what if thing is uh, making me panic a little bit. It should. It's scary. We, we should be glad that we're, you got to be thankful for the timeline that you're in. You know, you just got to really don't take it for granted. <laughs> yes. The true sacred timeline. I, I think that, um, when I'm watching this show, I get great joy out of, Ooh, what if, what if, Ooh, that's neat. Like, but like put that in real life, those hypotheticals, they kind of suck. So I don't want to go. I'll never t- ask you a question like that again from here. Thank on you. Out. I appreciate that. It's, <laughs> it's better for my mental health. If, if we're being honest, Betty white still holding strong. She's, I think 90, uh, 900 years old. And I, I think Bravo to her. She'll outlive us all. She might be a vampire. She Man, might be Ed Asner today. Mm, rest speaking in peace. Of. That's, that's a, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. You know, Ed Asner, uh, I thought uh, there were various times in my life that I thought he had passed away because I was introduced to him uh, from Mary Tyler Moore, the Mary Tyler Moore show, which he was a baller. Um, He's had hundreds of other credits, but man, it's sad that it's like officially real because every time that I heard of it before, I would find out that he was still alive and I was like, yes, that's fantastic. So to heavy news, heavy news today. For sure. We're starting on a heavy note, apparently, but, uh, we are, we are, but let's, <laughs> <laughs> let us continue into Marvel slash Disney Plus's What if MCU series. I'm hoping that it ties into the big screen in some point in some way. I think it will. We've talked about it. Let's see where we get at the end of this episode for our speculation, but let's talk about the butta. This show is all about hypotheticals and that we could see some of these storylines play out on this big screen. So we're talking highlights right now. Let's go through all the deaths in this episode, the yes. deaths of our mightiest heroes. Let's start with the setup for uh, the Avengers, uh, you know, uh, initiative and, you know, Tony or Nick Fury's doing his thing. He's walking through all the steps we've seen him walk through. It's a much shorter condensed version this time. All the other, uh, the, the two other episodes, they played out a little bit longer on their front end. We get right to the thick of it. We're in that donut shop in like the third minute of this episode. <laughs> and Tony Stark just drops dead from a, uh, a misfired, uh, a misfired injection from black widow, if you will. Um, what were your thoughts when they actually killed Tony Stark in this episode cam? So I was expecting it based on the title of the episode, but I wasn't expecting it in that way. Like I didn't know, I thought they were going to play it out a little bit longer before they actually killed off Tony Stark. So that was that was definitely a bit of a shock that the way that he went down and, and the mystery behind it all, the fact that it quickly turned into a who done it was was surprising. I didn't I didn't think that's the direction that they were going to go, but it was an interesting one and an entertaining one to ponder. Um, the style of the episode since you were kind of talking about the condensed timeline, there was a comic book um it was like a promotional comic book that like a one shot that came out right before Avengers, the Avengers movie back in 2012. That was called like, oh man, I can't remember. I should have looked this up. It was like Nick, Nick Fury's big, big week or something like that. Or Fury's big week or something like that. Oh yeah. That's and right, what that's it right. basically explained was that Iron Man two, uh, Thor and Captain America, I think all happened within the same week. 
and within a couple of days of each other. So it was basically like this whole week of like Nick Fury just going from place to place, like recruiting people for the Avengers initiative. And it was kind of showing that. So this was sort of a, a tease, a tease to that only like the, the opposite, like he's recruiting these people and then they're instantly dying. So it was, it was, uh, it was a fun nod to that, but also a, a very interesting twist too. Yes, it was neat to see that play out because we saw this play out over, you know, probably six to eight films when this was actually being put together, right? Yeah. Uh, his death is kind of like, there's this Kurt Russell movie back in the 90s. It, start, it stars him and Steven Seagal, and Steven Seagal was at the top of the world in the 90s. And they get on this plane, and all of a sudden, Steve, and Steven Seagal is on this plane. It's basically Die Hard in a plane, and you're thinking, oh, Steven Seagal is going to save the day. No, Steven Seagal gets shot in the first 15 minutes and dies and falls out of the plane just like that. And Kurt Russell has to be the hero. So that's what this reminded me of. Uh, very specific. If you've seen this movie, it's called Executive Decision, uh, where Kurt Russell has to then become the hero. So in this case, Nick Fury has to like, oh, my gosh, like this is this was my whole this was my all star. This was my LeBron. This was, yeah, this my was Michael Jordan, you know, and he just like falls over and, and he never got up. That was crazy it was crazy yeah and and the whole like the the cleverness with natasha being the one who administered the shot that supposedly killed him was nice too because then it was like truly a whodunit and and you know natasha finds herself in the position of being like prime suspect number one by default because she had to be but nick fury never really bought it you know he was sort of onto it the whole time that there was something else going on but nobody really knew what that was yet Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love how they mentioned um, uh, Robert Redford uh, Pierce, right? They yes. just like briefly mentioned him as a red herring to this. And you're like, well, of course it's him because he wanted to kill them all anyway. Yeah, so because uh, Rumlow was was the so cross the guy who ends up becoming Crossbones, it, who they actually used his voice in this episode, too. But Rumlow was the shield agent who arrested Natasha and she was, he was the one mentioning Pierce, which there's obviously like a Hydra connection there. So that was, that was clever for sure. Yes. Yes. So instead of cat, you know, Steve, who ultimately is the one we see get arrested, you know, in his film, it's black widow. So super yeah. cool stuff. Just all these little twists and turns in this episode uh, throughout, which are really like strongly interconnected and fun. Tony Stark's done. Uh, black widow escapes. He's on to Thor. He gets the call from Coulson, right? So he's on to the site. Um, Thor's beating people up left and right. I love the, the, <laughs> I love the animation where he's just like marching up, swinging his arms, like just the biggest smile. It was such a good interpretation of Chris Hemsworth. Right. Uh, and, all of a sudden Hawkeye is tasked with uh, taking him out, but waiting, of course, as we know, to lift the hammer. And then that arrow shoots off anyways. Uh, not Hawkeye's fault, as we know as well. Uh, what do you think about Thor's death? Just like destroyed by an arrow. Dunzo. At this point, count. at this point, I wanted it to be like a Natasha Clint conspiracy theory. Like they were, they were sleeper agents this whole time. <laughs> Uh, you know, like I wanted them to go dark and it's like, we can't have any like real soups around. Like we just want normal people because they're, they pose a threat to their ability to, you know, maybe they're agents of Hydra, maybe they're agents of themselves, who knows? But that was what I was really pulling for. I was like, oh man, I hope they go this route. And yeah, I, I, the arrow to the heart uh, or to the chest of Thor as, as a kill is, was surprising because you don't ever think of Thor going down like that, but he didn't really, he wasn't souped up 
really at that time. He was kind of just like normal dude, Thor. Right. <laughs> so it made it made sense. Uh, but yeah, I was totally, I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. They're going to have Hawkeye and Black Widow as like t- killing all the Avengers so they could run their own little scheme going on here. And I was, I was so for it, but that was not the case at all. Yeah, that one hurt me, obviously, as Thor is my favorite. Um, yes. But I, I figured, well, if they can kill Iron Man, of course they're going to kill Thor as well. Uh, and the, the list goes on. Then they move out to, uh, then they're like, we got to protect everyone else on this list, right? So they got to get over to Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, which was, this one was the most fascinating to me because, of course, this the version of Hulk in, that they restructure in the animation is Edward Norton's Hulk. Is that correct? Yes, Yes, well, we see that. it looked like Mark Ruffalo, though. Like this right. is this is the it should have been Ed Norton's Hulk, but it looked and sounded like Mark Ruffalo because it was. Right, right. You you hear his voice uh, speak immediately, and it's Mark Ruffalo. You cannot mistake that voice. Um, but they they throw it back to Edward Norton's. You know the big walkway bridge that's connecting. Like I don't know if it's a university yeah, it's or a whatever. University, yeah. And you just immediately are catapulted back to there. That one was so fascinating to me because uh, it's like, for lack of a better term, it's it's like, uh, you know, the, the, the milkman's stepchild, whatever you will, that movie, yeah. because it is part of the lore. But we've had um, three, three Bruce Banner's Hulks uh, up until Mar- up to Mark Ruffalo. So to see Mark Ruffalo take that on and then to see him play out that scene, but in Edward Norton's cinematic film well it works perfectly for this series but only two mcu bruce banners like are you was eric banna the other one you were thinking of that's right yeah because he's not mc he's like predates it but yes that's true but but your boy william hurt has was in that one too right right no was he oh i don't know that's a good question he might have been that'd be hilarious like if he's (laughs) if he's been playing thunderbolt ross for that long uh could be it could be i gotta look that up but despite that, this was, you know, we had some shocking deaths with Tony Stark and with Thor, but holy cow, <laughs> did I not expect this one? Yeah, Hulk just exploding into a, cra- a cloud of green slime. Uh, I didn't know how far they were going to take it. I was like, are they going to slime everybody with, with Hulk's like organic matter after, after he <laughs> dies? They did not go that far. They decided not to get gross with it, but... Uh, I feel like in reality that would have happened because he exploded into a thousand pieces. So, yeah, you probably would have had like his uh, skeleton like just standing there <laughs> for a few seconds after, and then like falling over. And oh my gosh, like it was horrifying because then I was so confused because I was expecting blood and guts like everywhere. Yeah, and then they did that, which was better. <laughs> it was just like a green cloud. <laughs> yes. And I still don't know how I totally feel about it. I don't know if I've processed that. all. Yeah. It scarred you for life for sure. <laughs> but it was quite, uh, quite crazy, but also quite wonderful. Quite wonderful. So those are the big three deaths. Uh, who else dies in this episode? I've already forgotten. Clint Barton. He that was killed. the one where I was officially like, okay, what's going on? Because, because I, again, I was on the, I was on the trail of like, this is a scheme and this is what's happening. Um, but that's really it. You get, you get Barton, Thor, uh, well, Nat, Nat eventually kicks the bucket as well. We we don't, we don't see it, but, uh, it presumably happens off screen. 
Right, which so. I don't believe that for a second. We could even have a continuation of this episode for episode four. Uh, that'd be cool. And um, she would be alive because she always gets out of things. Because <laughs> They were like, well, we don't need to kill Natasha again. Uh, <laughs> like in the MCU. <laughs> so let's just like, we, we'll kill her, but we won't show it. We'll just let it go. That's right. That's right. We can't do that. We can't rip people's hearts out again. Um, one cool thing that they also do in this is that they... They do. Uh, they pull the wool over our eyes. Is that Nick Fury seemingly gets powers? Uh, this is because Loki enters the the realm of Midgard, and he's trying to take over. But then he realizes ultimately there's nothing really to take over if he doesn't have what he needs to have. Uh, you know, a challenge basically. And Nick Fury gets to, like bust out and like disappear and and all this fun stuff. And man, it makes me really want to Nick Fury to get some powers sometime soon. Yeah, that fight scene was cool. I was a, I was very skeptical at first because I was like, I don't like this. So they have the the Hank Pym reveal, you know. Yes. And he, you know, he's the one behind everything, and he's in a he's in a outfit that I'll talk about in a little bit. But um, he's flying at Nick Fury, and Nick Fury is just continuously smacking him down, and he's in his like tiny little form, which is. You know, he used that form to kill all the other Avengers. So he was like invisible inside the the needle for Tony Stark. He was invisible, like making the arrow pole happen for to kill Thor. Like and and uh, Natasha just like straight up couldn't see him at all because he was so small. And so I was like, how is Nick Fury doing this? And then it turned out that it was Loki. And I was like, okay, I'm good. <laughs> like I didn't want it to be like somehow Nick Fury is this. Like, I would be cool with him having some fighting skills, but not, like, better than <laughs> Natasha. You know, like, that would that would <laughs> right. not be okay with me. So. Right. Or some superpowered, like, he's also, uh, like, a like a foreign Asgardian god as well. Yeah, right? because he did, like, the, he did, like, the, the triple X backflip slow motion <laughs> thing. And I was like, <laughs> okay, hold on. What's happening here? Yes, yes. And then all of a sudden, you know, Loki appears. Yeah, so Hank Pym, behind it all, lost his mind because Hope died uh, as being a uh, an agent, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., which makes sense. Very cool stuff, very smart, very wonderful. And let's just use that to get straight into the crumbs because there's a lot to talk about. And I think, Cam, let's kick it off with what's going on with that suit that Hank Pym has. Yeah, so it appears to be the Yellow Jacket suit. Um, which I think a lot of people who are fans of the MCU don't realize that um, Yellow Jacket wasn't originally a villain, uh, that Hank Pym used the Yellow Jacket moniker as a hero before anyone else did. I mean, Hank Pym's been so many <laughs> different heroes from Goliath to Giant Man, Ant-Man, Yellow Jacket, the Wasp for a bit of time. Um, so it... It was a cool nod to that. And I also just really liked the idea of Hank being behind it all because I think it's something that because we're dealing with the um, Scott Lang, Ant-Man, we don't get as much of the history of Hank Pym outside of you know his love for Janet Van Dyne, Michelle Pfeiffer, which eventually gets rekindled in the, in the second Ant-Man movie. And we get a little bit into that. But Hank Pym uh, is a complicated character in the comics. You know, he has a variety of trying incidents in his life and, and some mental health issues that cause him to be sort of an unstable part of the Avengers for a period of time and to kind of like 
ride that line between can he be trusted, can he not? You know, he's launched attacks against the Avengers. He, in the comics, was the one behind Ultron and that whole fiasco. Whoa. So he is a he is a more a more complicated character, and that's something that again we just didn't really get to explore much in the MCU because of the characters that they're using with Hope and Scott Lang instead of Hank being the main. And uh, so it's good. I like this idea of this unhinged Hank Pym, you know, uh, Janet Van Dyne being gone, presumably dead, and then Hope dying at the hands, you know, in, in field work as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent was just one straw too many for him, and it, it just sent him over the edge and sent him on a on a path for destruction. Like, I, I, I dig that. that. That feels very viable to me and, and something that, was good to explore that we just really wouldn't get to explore otherwise in the MCU. Yep. I mean, if there's anyone who uh, was, you know, having a rough time and then snaps, uh, it would be Michael Douglas. It would absolutely be Michael <laughs> yeah. Douglas. Also, uh, yes, Michael Douglas as an actor has is, is sort of the perfect, like the way that he plays Hank Pym makes this believable too, because it's like he he's always like a little bit, gruff and and rough around the edges all the way into the second movie he's like mad at scott lang the whole time and so you know the first and second movie he has issues with scott lang um so it makes sense but it was it was a nice nice little surprise speaking of more uh, movie references i can't find the name of it fast enough but i mean it, there was a movie that michael douglas was in basically in which he does snap just like that. He's having a rough go. Um, I think he's like potentially getting fired from his job. He's got this ridiculous outfit on. I mean, buzz cut uh, or no buzzed on the side, spiked up hair in the middle, big giant glasses, really (laughs) tight tie. And he walks into a McDonald's and it just changed from breakfast to lunch and he loses it and starts like uh, basically a mass shooting. Like he absolutely snaps and and he said he sat in traffic all day. So seeing him snap, in this way was very familiar and exciting because Michael Douglas uh, t- typically plays the same roles, <laughs> but yeah. there's something there's a charm to that uh, even in in animation form. So uh, it's called Walking Something. So I don't, Walking Tall is wrong, but Walking Something, I believe. And yeah, I mean really personally, great. McDonald's changing from breakfast to lunch is a literal <laughs> nightmare. I mean that's that like like. I hate, I, I shudder thinking about that because fast food breakfast is one of the great things on this earth. And I've been in that position many times where it's like, oh, sorry, it's 1035. You're out of luck. No more sausage biscuits for you. Or like they might even just close up shop early just because. Oh, maybe. all the time. Yeah. Don't even get me started. Back in the day, it was always like, oh, we're not serving breakfast anymore. I'm like, really? Because your, your menu says 1030 and it's 1005. So. Right. Right. Let's not go down that road, though. No, no. We're going to talk about this right now for the next hour. (laughs) You're on my list, McDonald's. (laughs) So beautiful. So he's yellow jacket. That's fantastic. Um, I want to talk about. um, So it's neat to see Hank Pym in this in this chaotic role, um, which also leads you to believe maybe we could see crazy Hank Pym in the MCU. We're still trying to navigate. Is there going to be one big bad in the MCU? Yeah. Are we going to have a multitude of big bads? And then someone kind of stepping from behind the curtain who orchestrated it all, which could be Kang obviously. But what does that 
orchestration look like over the next few years? And Hank Pym bringing this one to the MCU, the film series, would be really neat. Well, I think for me, I'm just I'm struggling to even grasp what tying things together looks like for this show. I think coming out of the first episode, I really felt like there were going to be stronger tie-ins at some point. Um, you know, because they have Captain Carter ending up in a different dimension with Nick Fury and, and, Clint, and Clint Barton. And, you know, it seems like she's going to start her own super team. And, and that just, to me, felt like a very clear path, like I said on the last episode. Like, I feel like that that makes sense. And I'm like, okay, got it. This is cool. Um, but, you know, these last two episodes, and, and I'm looking at the list of episodes coming up where we've got the dark Doctor Strange thing. We've got you know, zombies, Marvel zombies. We've got uh, Party Thor and Killmonger saves Tony Stark and stuff like that. And I'm struggling to see like where the tie-ins will occur. Maybe there will be more, but I'm I'm wondering if my theory on that was just wrong or, or they won't tie it into the very end. I don't know. Um, I'm still confident what if we'll cross over into the main series. I don't know that... Um, I don't know that Michael Douglas will reprise his role as Hank Pym. He might be beyond that. I don't know because we're getting a third uh, Ant-Man movie and you would expect him to be involved for that. So maybe when, you know, it's called quantum mania, maybe whenever they tap into the multiverse, they access this Michael Douglas where, where hope has died and it's like a whole different thing. That could be cool. You could see Michael Douglas playing two separate personalities in the same film or something. Uh, So it definitely opens that possibility. But I think just overall, I'm having a hard time speculating even what the connections could be and which things will tie back because the connections within the show itself aren't clear yet. Yeah, I guess with this could also be Kevin Feige's uh, just sandbox, his complete playground where he's like, let's see what people like the most and we'll take that. Yeah, and I would say this episode was not my favorite of the first three personally. Mm so if if Kevin Feige is trying to figure out which things people like best, this would not be my favorite. And I think, like, for me, the reason for that is I feel like the title was a bit of a misnomer. The whole, like, what if Earth lost its mightiest Avengers? Like, if that's going to be the premise, then go there. Like, go there, go there. Don't make it like, oh, but don't worry, Captain Marvel and Captain America are still very much in play, and, like, it's totally fine. They just have to defeat Loki and all as well. Like, no, I want to see it. Like, I want to know why the Avengers are so important to Earth in this world. I want to know what dystopian, chaotic hellscape the world becomes when they're gone. Like, that's what I was expecting from this episode. Yeah. And instead, it was just more of like a cutesy, whodunit kind of mystery thing. And it was it was a fine uh, finish, though. As soon as they started saying it's all about hope, I knew that it was going to have some sort of tie-in to the Van Dyne family thing. Um, but anyway, I would I, I would have preferred if, it, if they really went there and it was like, here's what would happen. Loki shows up in 2012 and just immediately takes over the earth and then all of a sudden, like, this series of events spirals. Like, I wanted that. And right. we didn't get that, but that's that's just my expectations personally. Right. Kind of like when Scar takes over in The Lion King. What yes. That- what the kingdom looks like. I I had that expectation as well. So you're not alone there. And that's why I'm hoping this episode gets a continuation. And maybe if if it's not the next episode, I'll forgive it. But I think there's so much more to be said. Like, okay, great. All the mightiest heroes are dead. We've got Captain America and Captain Marvel. What does it look like? What does it look like? Show us why that matters. I think what's 
always fascinating about all of these films and all of the comics is why and what what are we trying to learn from this hero being paired with this villain and why no one else can listen or call them <laughs> to yeah. get them to help? You know, you think about the destruction that the vulture takes on in uh, in Spider-Man Homecoming and you're like, hey, this like 16 year old kid can't really do this. He should be able to get someone in here. Right. And right. he ends up doing it. It's like catastrophic stuff that, that happens. Uh, and but you all you always wonder, what's the story? Why is it specific to them? And if we're going to get get everything prepped like you said get everything prepped you got to give us the rest yeah got to give us the rest with captain america captain marvel uh fascinating that 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 they kept the same steve rogers line now that we know captain carter is in the mix in the other world that's why again is this the playground or are we getting all the branches here what's going on kevin feige what's going on we'll see i think this week's episode is supposed to be the the evil sorcerer supreme dr strange thing so i'm very excited for that just because you know i'm looking for potential multiverse of madness ties in tie-ins with that movie coming out soon we know dr strange will be in the spider-man movie that comes out at the end of the year so i'll be looking for easter eggs tie-ins things like that um but i'm not necessarily you know with with the trajectory that we're on i'm not necessarily expecting it to tie back to anything that we've seen so far really Yes, I agree. I'm going to do three more quick hitters for you of speculation. Are we going to get a Hulk standalone film with Mark Ruffalo? Or do you think after She-Hulk premieres, will we get a team-up of Hulk and She-Hulk in a standalone MCU film in Phase 4, 5, 6? Well, it's a great question because the Hulk situation has been awfully quiet from Marvel. Um, I Would you want one? Would you want Yeah, one? I mean, Hulk's my favorite. MC or, or it's my favorite Marvel superhero has been for my whole life. So I've always wanted it. I, I actually, I was higher on the Ed Norton film than most people were just because I love that character so much. Um, I think Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk will appear again in the MCU. I don't know what capacity that is. I don't think it will be a standalone film, but I do think he appears again as the Hulk, even if it's, even if it's minor. Excellent. Colson. Will we see him with superpowers? And if so, what kind? I don't know, but I think Coulson returning is totally in play. Mm-hmm. I, I think Coulson returning to the main MCU is 100% in play, and I feel like it becomes more and more likely with each passing you know, bit of content that comes out. And with, with the multiverse coming back, like, why not do that? I think I think the only reason to not do it is that it was sort of like the impetus for the Avengers finally banding together and you risk, you risk nullifying that, but it still happened and it was still very real at the time and nobody knew that it was in play when it, when it happened. So I don't think it, I don't think it totally makes that worthless, but um, I don't know about Coulson with superpowers, but I could see Coulson coming back for sure. I would want him with at least telepathy where he would be able to read people's <laughs> minds and then you could hear it out loud. Or I just, he just has those witticisms that they give him that he could just like quip at them after they think something, you know, like whatever they want for lunch or what they, how they feel about someone. He would like speak it out loud. There's some, there could be some cool exchanges is what I'm thinking. Yeah. There. When, when the, when the Asgardian brigade showed up in this episode and, and uh, Nick Fury was like, something along the lines of like, are they from earth? And he was like, 
Middle Earth, maybe. <laughs> I love that. That was great. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, yes. Final one. What's up with the no, no post-credit scenes, huh? I mean, well, I stick around for minutes, minutes <laughs> afterwards. Not a single post-credit scene in these yet. We'll get one. They have to build, you know, they have to build to some sort of climax, I feel like, at some point. though, Even though there's not a through line, there has to be a reason that the... Maybe this is wishful thinking. I feel like there has to be a reason that the episodes are in the order that they're in and that maybe something of significance to the main plot will happen later on. Otherwise, why hold this show until now? Why have people coming out saying, like, oh, this is canon, like, all this stuff could cross over? Like, why? And and maybe there is no good answer to that question, but I think we'll get a post credit scene before it's all said and done. Speculation. Final episode post-credit scene begins an animation and it swoops into whatever characters they might be and then they turn into live action and that is a scene that sets up one of the other films would be cool it should set up dr strange in the multiverse of madness they should they should do it they should do something like that that ties in i love that idea but i I think they're they're keeping things very close to the vest on Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. They are like, there's been nothing. There's been, mm-hmm. there's been, you know, the America Chavez casting. There's been the whole like, yes, Wanda will be in it type thing. But as far as like plot details, other castings, it's been like nothing. And that movie comes out next year. So right. uh, I'm, I'm surprised, but excited. Right. Sony could take a few, uh, a few tips from no them. Freaking Am I kidding. right? Come on, man. Oh my goodness. Well, that is all the speculation we have for Marvel's slash Disney Plus's slash the MCU's slash whatever else you want to say. What if episode three recap here on Spilled Popcorn Parent Company? Don't forget to watch out for Popcorn for Breakfast. You can listen to this on our channels on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on all the other things. They have crazy fun names like Bleep Bloop Bloop Bloop. I don't know what they are anymore. Cam handles all that. And thank goodness we will see you next time uh next week don't forget the next episode drops on wednesdays we're playing rhetoric from our favorite band who does all of our music cam anything you got left to say bye (laughs) talk to you later (laughs) 